Well, wonderful. Well, nice to be with you this morning. Chance for people to chat at the end. We have uh, teas and coffee. I see the pots are out, so yeah, there's tea and coffee there, so we can have that and fellowship a little bit more at the end. Now, really sorry to have missed the testimony time last Sunday, because uh, I had COVID last week, so um, not too badly, not too badly, but really appreciate all the messages and encouragement and people say that they've been praying. And uh, two days ago, I, three days ago, I was totally clear just at the time that my good wife got COVID. So Wendy sends her apologies. She's not here this morning, but she's feeling well. She's feeling well. Um, yeah, she's doing okay. No symptoms. I had symptoms. Why do blokes get it worse? Why, why is that? I mean, why is that? I mean, there is such a thing as man flu that is actually worse than other flu. I don't know if you knew that. It is true. It is true. Okay, now that I've alienated half the congregation, which is a change from all, which is good, uh, we'll move on. But I hear the testing time was uh, really good. And those of you who joined uh, at the National Elim Day of Prayer on Friday night that came on Zoom and then we engaged, that was just fantastic. It really was quite moving. So these joint things are, are, are really good, really good to do. And it was great to have the folks from Weedy Castle over last week for the testimony time. And uh, I did have to commend them this morning because it was fed back to me that all the people from Weedy Castle were on time last week. Every one of them. And I commended them this morning. I says, I just want to commend you that you were all on time. And he says, when you, and they said, even during the service when I was preaching, he says, when you go and preach this morning at Selly Oak, could you say that? <laughs> I said, I will, I will say that. I will say that, that I commended Weedy Castle, all the people, for being on time. Okay, which fits in quite nicely and smoothly, seamlessly, uh, to our theme this morning, Time Will Tell. And uh, Emily's put me under intense pressure here to do justice to this. And I'm going to be uh, just turning my head every so often just to check that she's listening. (laughs) I think that's only fair. So it's a series entitled Time, Talent, Treasure, and added togetherness. And last week was thankfulness. So that's five. So if you want to know what preachers do all the day, all the time, is to think of series that come up which begin with the same letter. So that's it. So this morning is time will tell. And the start of the new year is a, is a, good, is a good thing to look at because the Bible talks about time and God's timing uh, many ways. Now, it's interesting that when people go to prison, we talk about them doing time, don't we? We equate it with time. The biggest excuse that we have is, I don't have enough time. The best thing that we can give somebody, they say, is our time. Probably the most recognized magazine in the world is Time magazine. Uh, In our country, the most recognized newspaper is The Times. And the most often asked question is, what time is it? And in the book of Ecclesiastes, um, chapter 3, it's got a well-known passage that talks about time. And because we are not doing badly for time this morning, um, we'll read this passage together. So if you want to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I'm going to begin at verse 1 and read up to verse kind of 11 then just at the end. But we'll put this up. It's a great passage. It says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. 
a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden of God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Now, moving on just to verse 14, it says, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that men will revere him. Now, it used to be said, or people often used to say, that time is money, didn't they? That uh, if you're wasting time, you're wasting money. And if you use your time well, then you're going to earn more money. But actually, I think the realization is that time is even more important than money. And Queen Elizabeth I, she said this uh, on her deathbed. And she's very rich. She says, all my possessions for another moment of time. I've got all these things, but they're going to be lost. But what I would like is just a little bit more time. It's interesting. I like the way that heaven is is described often in terms of time, isn't it? In terms of eternity. So, uh, if you, in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin in death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In 1 John, it also, when talking about who Jesus is, they call him the eternal life. He's actually named as the eternal life. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, we just says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in our hearts. So heaven is described in terms of time and eternity. Now when I was a young Christian, um, I wasn't brought up to go to church. Uh, somebody tried to, well no, in this sermon I picked up a message, they tried to explain how, how long eternity is. Well of course it's never ending. But he used this illustration and he says, if you imagine a Mount Everest, which is pretty big, and the smallest bird in the world, which is apparently the hummingbird, not Kylie Minogue, the hummingbird, comes and flies and just pecks at Mount Everest, goes off, comes back 3,000 years later, pecks again, goes off, comes back 3,000 years later, pecks again. Just imagine how long it might take for Mount Everest to be pecked away by that, that hummingbird. And it just blew my mind that eternity is a long time. That it's a wonderful thought, isn't it? <laughs> that we're going to live forever, that we've passed from death to life. And heaven, one of the wonderful descriptions of it, is in terms of time, that it lasts for eternity. He has set eternity within our hearts. And that's why I think that for most of us, or most people, even before they become Christians, there's a sense that there's something else. Because God has placed this thought of eternity in people's hearts, even when they don't know him. So the wonderful thing is that God gives us all the time in heaven, but he'd also give us all the time in the world. 
we have his undivided attention. Now it's very difficult even with children to give them all the time our undivided attention. But even though, even though our children have moved away now, grown up and moved away, we still give them our money and our undivided attention. They definitely have undivided so, so if I have a few missed calls, and don't get me right, if you call me, I will answer if I can. But if I have a missed call from one of our children, as soon as I'm free, as soon as I'm free, I'm there. I'm, I'm getting back to them straight away. And God is one of the, he gives us all of eternity, but even down here in this world, he will give us all the time of the world. It is not a time he doesn't want us to draw close to him. He longs for that to happen. He gives us all the time in the world. And in this short message this morning that I'm going to try and do justice to, just going to bring up one or two points that I think are important for us when it comes to time. And first is this. It's good to trust and important to trust God's timing. It's important to trust God's timing. Not always easy. In Ecclesiastes 3 verse 5 it says this. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain. So there's a time to be patient and there's a time to take hold of. We need to be patient with God's timing. Now, I remember being in a, a prayer meeting, and one of my friends was there, and uh, we'll call him Dave. And he was high up in his school in education, and he'd risen up the ranks. And um, in this prayer meeting, he says, will you pray for me? So a few of us prayed for him, and he had a little bit of a meltdown. He had a little bit of a meltdown. He was really distraught. And we said, what's going on? And he says, I swore to myself, I promised to myself, that by the age of 30, I'll be a head teacher. Now, I don't know how many head teachers there are at the age of 30, but he was really being hard on himself and distraught that he'd got past the age of 30 and he wasn't a head teacher and he wasn't coping with this. He put this pressure upon himself. And we prayed for him. And in James 4 says this, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go here or there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Instead, you ought to say, If it's the Lord's will, we will do this, or we will do that. Selwyn Hughes, some of you will have heard of Selwyn Hughes, he uh, used to write, the Everyday with Jesus Bible notes that people used to, I used to use them every day with Jesus, and, and they were very helpful. And he says this, Timing is important in all that we seek to do for God, but many a life has been shipwrecked because of impulsiveness and haste. Sadly, there are people who could have been involved in a great ministry or purpose with God had they not failed the waiting test, a right action to turn out to be wrong simply because it is mistimed. There's a time to embrace and step forward, and there's time to refrain and be patient and to say, God, I want this, but I will trust you with this timing. 
There are times, though, to step out and take opportunities. There's no, there's no point just hoping that 2022 will be a good year if we don't step out and take hold of opportunities that God wants us to take hold of. And in Philippians, doesn't it, Paul says, I strive to take hold of all that Christ took hold of me. So it's not a case of just hoping that it's a good year. We do, and we pray that, don't get me wrong. But we also take hold of opportunities that God gives us. But there's a patience within that. Now, sometimes we think that God sometimes leaves things a little bit late. I don't know if you've kind of felt that. But, but if I look back at my Christian life, I also recognize that God does a lot of things in advance before that I need them. Because he knows what we need before we pray. And, you know, and sometimes that money's come in, and I thought, that's fantastic, and I realized a little bit later that I needed that. It's not always late. Sometimes God is, God is always on time. But sometimes he leaves things a little bit late just to show what he can do. I remember a few years ago um, up north we had an organization called Youth of Christ, which Emily worked for as well. And uh, up north there was a, a camp that was put on that I was privileged to be involved in. And a thousand young people from, some came from America, uh, different parts, a thousand young people came to camp in our area. To, yeah, it's exciting, yay. <laughs> to, um, to serve God for a week. So the idea was that they would worship in the morning, then we'd kind of encourage them, pray for them. Uh, train a little bit, and then they go out on 50 different buses around the northeast and just do social action, serve the local community, paint parking areas. I mean, they, they just parks with kids and cleared up rubbish, and it was great. And then in the evening, they invited young people for, in the northeast to an evening outreach events. Thousands of young people came and heard the gospel. And it was a privilege to be involved in, but the good thing was is that I wasn't responsible for the finance because the project cost three quarters of a million pounds, which is quite a lot of money back then and is today. And the board meeting two weeks afterwards, everybody was celebrating how good it was, be, it was, but I knew that my friend John was responsible for the finance, and I knew that we were 40,000 pounds short, which is no small amount, but in the context of three quarters of a million, it's not too bad. And I knew that he was a little bit worried about it. I was a little bit nervous about it. We got to the financial report at the end. And John said, it's gone really well. These are the finances. We're 40,000 pounds down. Then the chairman, David, said, oh, I got a letter a couple of days ago. And he started to read it out. That somebody had written and said it was any one, which the event was called, called. It was great to see all those young people serving God. Fantastic. It was a success. Here is a check for £40,000. I'd like to make a donation. Now, why, da- why the chairman didn't read that at the start of the meeting, I don't know. <laughs> or two days before, pass it on to my friend, John. But he also, he'd obviously liked, you know. But there's times, aren't there, where God does something and, and he just says, you know, I'm here. You know, I am fully in control here. You can actually trust me. With timing. Now, it's not as if we're reckless because there's times to be patient, but there are times to step forward and trust that God understands uh, what the timing needs to be. So it's good to trust God's timing. It's good to prioritize our time. And one of our biggest excuses, isn't it, even as Christians, that we don't have enough time. Now,
that says at the start of that passage from Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. God knows what time it is. He doesn't only know that it's 2022, January the 9th. He knows what season it is within your life. He knows what season it is within my life. He knows those that are young and students, those that are young families. He knows those that are kind of slightly older. He knows those that are middle-aged. I'm not too sure what I am now, actually. Don't answer that. He knows those that are slightly older. He knows what season that we are in. And there's an activity for every under heaven. Someone says you can't stop time, but you can waste time. We can't actually arrest time because time keeps moving on. You can't take back time because time has already gone as well. And somebody once says, throughout history, man's inventions of all being time savers, then came television, which is not a time saver. Now, I watch TV, so I'm not having to go at people who watch TV. But in Ecclesiastes, uh, this writer, he's, he's talking about what we should take hold of. He says there's a time to plant. There's a time to build. There's a time to search. There's a time to speak and be quiet. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to mend. There's a time to bring peace. There's a time to reach out. There's a time to heal. There are times to take hold of certain things that God wants us to take hold of. And that means, at times, prioritizing our time. They used to say, you could tell the priorities of somebody's life by looking at their bank balance. But actually, there's other ways as well. You can tell somebody's priorities by their internet history. You tell somebody's priority by how they use their time. And we have to prioritize our love for God, our love for others, and our love for ourselves. You know, there's different priorities at different times. We do need to look after ourselves. Our well-being is important. We do need to prioritize um, other people as well. Now, 20 years ago, well, if I said 9-11, you know exactly what I mean, don't you? You know exactly what I mean. 20 years ago in September, 9-11, four airplanes crash, and something like 278 people on those airplanes lost their lives. Two of the planes uh, went into the uh, Trade Center in New York, one of them into the Pentagon, one into the ground, And the fourth plane that went into the ground is because people started to be aware of what was going on. They knew that the other planes had crashed and had been hijacked. And it's very interesting, they say, for those people who were on the plane, on the fourth plane before it crashed, knowing what was going on, the text messages that were sent, because mobile phones were around back then, and people were sending text messages to loved ones. Nobody on that fourth plane was checking sports results. None of them was checking their finances. None of them were checking emails for work. Not that I'm saying that that's not important. All of them, all of them were sending messages to people that they love, just wished they had a little bit more time to spend with them, but wanted to send them a message. I think if I'm honest, 
one of the things that I've regretted over the last few years. My mother died in 2014, and I like to think I was a good thing, son, I think there was. We lived in the Northeast, she lived in Derby. The one thing, the one thing that I wished is that I had given her more time. Now, I don't beat myself up about that, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to, it's to feel guilty, but the one thing that, w- at the end of the day, that we will wish that we did is to give certain people, we can't do it with everybody, we will wish that we give more time to certain things. And 2022 is a, is a good time, isn't it, to, to start just to shake that up a little bit. Where do, you know, my priorities lie? Gary Gibbs, uh, some of you know Gary, is going to come and share with us uh, in, on a Wednesday night in uh, January and February. We'll mention that next week, what he's going to come share. He's the National Evangelist for Elim. And in their Elim's national newsletter that went around two or three weeks ago, I think it was, some of you will have got it, some of you will not have got it. Just at the end, at the newsletter, he, they, they put in a little bit of a, um, an article from him, which I thought was really good. Because after things had come back, after, um, back in September, lockdown had been opened up, people started to get back to normal. And uh, he said this, and I thought he was fair what he says. He says, for a lot of Christians... For some Christians, they're back at restaurants, they're back at cafes, they've gone shopping again, got involved in sports, gone back to socializing. But there's a significant percentage that have not made it back to church yet. They've not made it back to mixing with God's people. And let me say this, whatever purposes God has for us, for me, In 2022, some of it will be determined by how I interact with God's people. Some of it will be determined by that, by how I love God's people, engage with God's people, encourage God's people, be built up by God's people, serve alongside God's people. A high proportion or a significant proportion of God's purpose for me for 2022 will be determined by how I engage with God's people. And for some, we do lose our way a little bit, don't we, with that? Maybe for some, it is time to kind of start to spend time with God again on our own, on a regular basis, because sometimes we do get out of the habit. We do lose our way a little bit with like that. You know, it's not, it's not, God doesn't want us to be religious about it, but it's an invitation. Some of us, you know, maybe think, well, I need to get back into a connect group again or just be a little bit more consistent in this and that. It's not just about meetings. I think you know me well enough to know that I don't really think it's just about those things. But our engagement with God's people will have a big effect on living within God's purposes this year. And, and the Bible, for good reason, says, do not get out of the habit. There's good habits. There's good habits. Let God bless you in them. So trusting God with timing is very important prioritizing our timing. Now, it's, it's time, this time is to rest as well, this, you know, to enjoy ourselves in many different ways. So don't get me wrong here. It doesn't have to always be working. It's certainly not the case. Because the third point and the final point I want to say for 2022, it's time to live. It is time to live. Now, it might seem an obvious thing to say, but it is time to live. And uh, maybe because of all the pandemic and it has been a little bit, it's thrown us in so many different ways, and whether the pandemic here is there or not, it is time to live. It is time to live. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life in all its fullness. It is time to live. 2022 is a time to live. 
And in this passage from Ecclesiastes, um, the second verse, it says this. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And for believers, the time to go to eternity. There's a time to be born and there's time to die. Well, we're here. It is time to live. It is time to live. And God wants us to be alive and to be alive to his purposes. In John chapter 5, verse 24, it says this. Whoever, Jesus says, whoever hears my word uh, and believes, sorry, John is saying, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He has crossed over from death to life. We have crossed over from death to life. 2022, it is time to live. Now, there's a, a guy called Dr. Tony Campolo, who's a church leader in America, a very prominent church leader. And he's wrote, written one of my favorite, favorite Christian books called Carpe Diem. I don't know if you've read it. It's a great book to read, Carpe Diem, which simply means seize the day. And he has a very, he's, he's a, he was a Christian leader. He's kind of retired now from being a lecturer at Eastern College in Philadelphia. And he had uh, interesting methods, but he was teaching some postgrads. He's a sociologist, and uh, in the hall at the lecture theatre on one particular start of a semester, he stood up and he asked a young person sitting at the front, he says, how long have you lived? How long have you lived? Now, the lad knew that, wasn't sure what kind of answer he was looking for, and he's a little bit perplexed. But he says, for 24 years. And Tony says, no, I didn't ask you how long you existed. I wanted to know how long you've lived, how long you've been alive. And then Tony gave this example in this lecture. He says that when I was 12 years old, uh, I used to live in upstate New York. And with the school, we was having an enrichment day. We went down to Manhattan. And me and my class of 30 lads of 12-year-olds were taken up to the top of the Empire State Building. So for the first hour, he says in his book, that they did what every 12-year-old does, lad, at that, you know, that particular age, they just run around and fight. That's what 12-year-old boys do. That's normal. That's what you did. That's what you do. I mean, there's something wrong if that doesn't happen. That's what they did. They ran around, and then they had a rest, and they ran around again, fighting. And he says, after an hour, he says, I looked out from the top of the Empire State Building, and I just was gripped by where I was. This is an iconic building, and I could see the panoramic view of New York. And he says, at that moment, he says, if I lived a million years, I will never forget that moment where I truly felt alive. Then he looked at the 24-year-old student on the front again, and he says, how long have you lived? And the student was very honest. He says, if you put it like that, I feel that I've been truly alive for no more than two or three minutes. He says, if you talk about the heightened awareness of truly feeling alive and understanding where you were, he says, my life has been filled with all too few moments where I've truly felt alive. No, I'm not saying that we're always going to feel that every moment of the day. But the one thing the Bible tells us, it is time to live. It is time to live. It is time to take hold of those things.
that God has for us to take hold of. Carpe diem, seize the day. Take the opportunities that God has for us. Take the opportunities that he has for us. Whoever believes in him, he is crossed over from death to life. Now, I hope that you look forward 2022 with anticipation that God has got some good things for us to take hold of. Now, in a moment, I am going to pray. It would be appropriate to pray. In a few moments, I am. But there are a number of responses to this, as I have mentioned. But moving on into the spring, there's something that we want to encourage us all and encounter, as many want to engage with this, into an opportunity and give time to something that I think will be tremendously beneficial. And, uh, and that is to benefit from a resource that Elim has recommended to us called God's Plan for Our Well-Being. God's Plan for Our Well-Being. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm sure that you have, that the, ter- the word well-being is used all over the place. Can't get away from the term well-being. Well, the good thing about this resource written by a guy called Dave Smith from King's Church in Peterborough is that he looks at the biblical perspective of well-being, how God wants us to be well or how to live well in different areas of our lives. Um, A Yale University professor, he says this, who is a philosopher, he says, in modern culture defines the happy life as a life that's going well, experiences and pleasures, while the ancients, people in the past, the happy life meant a life that is lived well. And well-being needs to come under those things, that God does want us to be well, but he also wants us to live well. There's a discipleship aspect to this. It's not just hoping that God provides everything for us and everything goes well. So it's a 50-day, this book is a 50-day devotional looking at God's perspective on our wellness, but also how to live well in seven specific aspects of life. And these are having a well-being mindset, uh, looks at physical well-being, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being, relational well-being, financial well-being, and vocational well-being. And he takes us on a journey over these 50 days in, of those particular areas, and he just gives chance on a daily basis to reflect on some of these things, allow God to speak to us. We're all different. He knows what seasons are in. But a friend of mine called Philip Ginardu, a great evangelist, he says this. He has this great phrase. I use it a lot. He says, the devil takes us for a ride, but God takes us on a journey. God leads us somewhere. The devil wants us to pick up quick fixes just to fill some gaps within our lives. But God takes us on a journey and wants to bless us, bring well-being for us to live well in all these different areas. And this is what he's unpacked. In this video context context for small groups, some great testimonies, some great stories. But um, I'm confident that it will be time well spent. Confident to give God time each day to look at these things. And, and it doesn't take too long. You can add it to what other devotionals that you have. But we want to encourage people to engage with this. So we're looking to start this in mid-February over the Lent period up and towards Easter for 50 days and uh, we'll incorporate it a little bit Sunday mornings and in our connect groups. And we'll purchase the books. We'll purchase them. You can buy them for a fiver. We will make them available and uh, for all who want to. Now, 2022, as I said, is a time to live. 
Ecclesiastes says this, he makes everything beautiful in its time. And uh, trusting God's timing is important. Taking hold of things that God wants us to take hold of is important. It's a time maybe to start new things. 2022 might be a time to put something behind as well. Sometimes it's time to put something behind. Uh, Tiger Woods, you might have heard of him. He's a golfer. Not always the best role model in every aspect of life, but he's a very good golfer. And somebody once asked him, Tiger, if you really had a terrible shot, which happened rarely, what do you do? How do you get it out of your mind? He says, what I do, he said, I stand, and in front of me, I draw this imaginary line, and then I just step over it. It's in the past. Now move forward. And for some, at the start of 2022, God's message might be, put something behind you so that you can move forward. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mend. God, out of his grace, has given us a new year. Out of his grace. And I'm going to pray in a moment. And I'm going to invite you to stand to say, I really want to join in with this prayer. God, I really want to bring this to you as part of the prayer. And uh, if this relates to you, I'm going to invite you to stand so that you're saying to God, not to me, God, I bring this to you at this moment in time. If you're saying, Lord, I know that I need to trust your timing on something, then in a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand. If you're saying, Lord, I know it's time for me to put something behind me. I know that you're mentioning or showing me something I need to put behind me to move forward. Then I'm going to invite you to stand. If you know it's a time for you to step forward into something that God has been speaking to you about maybe for a little while, and you just feel, not because it's the start of 2022, you just have this sense that it's time to step forward into something specific, then I'll invite you to stand. If it's time for you to mend something that has been broken, I'm going to invite you to stand if you would like to. Or for the fifthly, if you want to say, Lord, help me to appreciate the season that I'm in, I'm going to invite you to stand. There's different seasons. And sometimes what really helps us and frees us is not that the season changes, but we say, God, I'm going to appreciate the season that I'm in. I'm going to appreciate where I am. I know that you're with me. It's not necessarily the season that I would have chosen, but it's the season that I'm in, and I trust that you're with me in this season. If any of those things that you're saying, God, I want to bring this to you uh, this morning in prayer, why don't you stand now and I will pray on behalf of us all and allow the Lord to come and meet with us. He's already spoken, but some of us, by standing saying, Lord, I know what you're saying to me. I know that you're saying something to me and I am going to respond. I am going to respond to what you've said that I should respond to. Now, as the band just come up and... Let's just close our eyes and keep that moment. Try not to focus on the stage, but we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come amongst us. He's here, and he wants to minister to us and seal what he's doing within our lives at this moment in time. Lord, we do thank you that you understand time. You understand the times that we're in. You understand the season of our lives at this moment in time. You know those things that you want us to take hold of. 
you want us, you know those things you want us to move forward from and to leave behind. Lord, you know those things for which you want us to trust you. You know those things that you want us to mend. And we thank you, Lord, at the start of 2022, doing say, Lord, that we're open to take hold of all those things that you want us to take hold of. And for those of you that are within your heart saying, Lord, I need to trust your timing, why don't you, you know, just in the quiet say, Lord, I trust you with this, and I trust you with the timing of this. For those of you where it was needing to put something behind you, why don't you say within your mind, within your heart, Lord, I put this behind me now. For those of you who you've stood because you're saying, Lord, I know there's something you want me to take hold of and not to be um, hesitant, why don't you say to the Lord, say, Lord, I am now going to take hold of this that you've resolved this issue within your own heart and mind before God that you're going to take hold of it. For somewhere it's time to mend that you're resolving before God today that you are going to contact that person or that situation, that you are going to do what you can do to mend that situation. And the Lord will be with you. And for those who are saying, Lord, I accept the season that I am in, just allow him to bring you peace about this season. We can't do everything all the time. We can only respond to the season we're in. And uh, maybe you, you picture the season. Why don't you say, Lord, I, I, I accept the season I'm in. Please bring your peace into my heart and mind regarding this season. Lord, we thank you with all these things. God is for us. Who can be against us? None of these things can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Lord, we do pray for those that have been in a season of mourning. We pray you bless those that are in a season of mourning, Lord. We pray that your strength will be strong. We also pray, according to your word, those that it's now time to laugh and to be joyful afresh. We do pray for that release, Lord, that you bring. That new life, that freshness, that the pain might always be there, but we do thank you for new life in you. We pray for that restoring. And uh, we look ahead. Lord, as a church, as we look ahead to all that you've got for us. Help us, Lord, not to be hesitant. Help us to be patient, Lord, but help us not to be hesitant. And Lord, we do bless you that we can do this together. Not just on our own, but we can be prayerful of each other together. And we commit each other to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.